Star Wars Day, who's going after Elon Musk, the story of Trevor Bauer, and a whole lot more on today's Random Thoughts. Hello and welcome to episode number 186 of the Random Thoughts podcast. That is R-A-N-D-U-M-B-Thoughts.com online. I am your host, Darren O'Neill, and it is Star Wars Day here in 2022, which means it is May the 4th. May the 4th be with you and all of that. Star Wars was fun for me. When I was a kid, I remember seeing Star Wars. 1977 i was seven years old and star wars the empire strikes back which came out in 1980 and return of the jedi which came out in 1983 were big events the new movies after that not so much the first three movies were numbered episode four five and six for those of you who have been living under a rock and don't know that and when they rebooted these series they came out with episodes one two and three which were okay they were not my favorites they did not match up to the first three and then they really just went down the rabbit hole with the subsequent releases but i mean when you put it in the hands of disney what were you expecting there's not a lot of good coming out of disney but star wars the original three movies i'm okay with and the Lego store went to the mall for the first time in a long time yesterday because my wife wanted a Lego set. So, you know, when the wife wants a Lego set, you go to the Lego store and picked up the Luke Skywalker Land Speeder, which was okay because it is from the original Star Wars 1977, the original gangster Star Wars, and not one of these later crappy releases. But it's still, you kind of feel dirty because, you know, Disney owns the licensing and all that. But I will look past that for now. And just remember that Star Wars once was a whole lot of fun when they originally came out. And they were movies that I think we can still take a lot from because while the storytelling was fairly simplistic, it was the story of good versus evil. And then. It was pretty easy to understand the difference between good and evil, which is something that we don't have the ability to do anymore for a variety of reasons. Looking at the headlines today, it is running the gamut from the Supreme Court and their upcoming decision on Roe versus Wade and the leak of an opinion by Judge Alito, which is seemingly showing that there may be some changes coming, which will be interesting to watch. And the timing, of course, is interesting because we're starting to think about the midterms and everybody at this point thinking the Democrats are going to get slaughtered. There is no question that whoever decided to leak this paper out of the Supreme Court 
did so for political reasons. And it'll be interesting to see if they are tracked down and what kind of accountability there is. But this is what happens when political dirty tricks get absolutely to the extreme. And we've been seeing it for way too long. The Donald Trump presidency is a good one to point to, but it goes back further than that. But we're seeing that. We're seeing the Supreme Court story. We're seeing the Amber Heard and Johnny Depp story, which has just been hilarious on so many different levels. We are seeing the story that David Chappelle, comedian, attacked on stage during a performance. The early report seemingly showing maybe it was a trans person, but this person had a fake gun with a real knife hidden in it, which is a weird story, right? Why would you have a fake gun with a real knife hidden inside? It doesn't make any sense. But is anything in this world really make sense right now? That is the question. I think that is why a lot of people turn to things like podcasts, because you feel Like, hey, the world's going absolutely insane. And you want to know if other people feel the same way. And I can say to you wholeheartedly, yes, the world is absolutely going insane. One of the stories is about the battle going on now against Elon Musk because he turned himself into one of the most horrible, dangerous people in the world because of his purchase or impending purchase of Twitter, which is a horrible place to begin with. So I don't really understand what people think is going to happen to Twitter with the ownership of Elon Musk being the fact that he has been pretty clear with what he wants, and that is a free speech platform. And that shows you then the people that don't like Elon Musk, I believe, again, Very simple theory here. Very simple logic. If Elon Musk comes in and says, I'm purchasing Twitter in order to turn it into a bastion of free speech, and it seems his goal is to make any speech that is legal speech okay on Twitter. If you've been listening to this show, you've heard that there have been some countries around the world that have put similar laws into place. Poland was one of them, I believe, that said if somebody in Poland posts a message to Twitter that was legal under Polish law, meaning you could walk out into the street in Poland and say whatever it is that you posted on Twitter, if you could legally do that, if it did not violate any Polish law, They were going to hold Twitter accountable if Twitter censored that speech. And I told you at that point the insanity of all of this because Twitter, like the Internet, is worldwide. And those borders that Twitter just plows right through because it exists everywhere that you can get a connection to the Internet, it is impossible for a service like that to abide by all of the laws in all of the various countries. But Elon Musk seems to be somebody 
that wants Twitter to allow all legal speech no matter what. So, again, very simple theory here. If someone is against what Elon Musk is doing, then those people must be against free speech. I don't know how else you can take it because Elon Musk wants legal speech to be allowed on Twitter. And the people that are complaining that he's taking over then must not like the concept that legal speech will be allowed on Twitter. So who are these people? Who are the people that are mad and going after Elon Musk? An article from the Daily Mail, which isn't exactly the pinnacle of journalism, ran an article today headline revealed George Soros, Clinton and Obama staffers and European governments are behind anti-Musk campaign trying to force big corporations to boycott Twitter, which if you've been listening to this program, we've told you that is the number one way that the left goes after anyone. They look for the advertisers and they try to take them down and they try to get influence that way. Things like Media Matters, they go through, and this has happened to pretty much any pundit on Fox News or any conservative. It happened to Rush Limbaugh big time. The interesting thing, of course, if you're following along, is the fact that Elon Musk has also made it known he would like to get rid of the advertising on Twitter. We could discuss for hours what that means because I don't know exactly how you fund Twitter without advertising or turning it into a subscription model. And it'll be interesting to see what Elon has in mind, but the left, of course, already putting together the smear campaign to go after the advertisers that are advertising on Twitter. This article says that 26 NGOs and advocacy groups signed a letter expressing concern about Elon Musk's plan for Twitter. Elon Musk himself responded, asking who was funding them, and the answer was an assortment of dark money groups like the George Soros Open Society Foundation and NGOs founded by former Clinton and Obama administration staffers, among other wealthy Democrat donors and family foundations, labor unions and the governments of some European nations. In this letter, they wrote, quote, Elon Musk's takeover of Twitter will further toxify our information ecosystem and be a direct threat to public safety, especially among those already most vulnerable and marginalized, end quote. Again, this is how you know there is a big heaping of BS. Anytime somebody writes, well, and especially the most vulnerable and marginalized, of course, they're going to be the most, most affected by this. It's again, won't everybody think of the children? This was the same thing you got with the COVID vaccination or COVID itself. Oh, it's always the marginalized groups that have it worse. And there's usually very little data that would support that. But further toxify our information ecosystem. I don't know. I think it's pretty toxic right now. I think it'd be kind of hard to get Twitter to be more toxic than it currently is. 
Calling Elon Musk's purchase a direct threat to public safety is laughable. It's not like we're getting truth on Twitter to begin with. And that's really seemingly what they're mad about is they've been able to control the narrative. They were able to squash the story, for instance, about the Hunter Biden laptop, something that became known to be accurate. The ability of masks to stop a virus, which became accurate. The amount of side effects that happen with the vaccines, again, stories that have been shown once they play out to be accurate, all things that social media, including Twitter, slapped down, wouldn't let people talk about, squash the stories. But now that Elon Musk is taking over the platform and says he wants all free speech to be allowed, well, that is a threat to public safety. These people, including those associated with George Soros, Barack Obama, and the Clintons are telling you that your ability to speak freely is now a direct threat to public safety, and that should concern you, that should scare you, that should make you sit up and take notice. I know I'm repeating myself, but it is those who try to silence the other side that are always the most concerning to me. Because if you have a different point of view, you can articulate that, let people know what your point of view is, and let it stand on its own. If your point of view will only be the winning point of view, if you silence what the other side is saying, then there's a problem with your point of view then you need to be better at debating. You need to have better facts. You need to have more proof. You need to be able to swing public opinion with your side of the argument. And if you can't do that, then all you have left is to try to silence the other side. And that is where we are at with the radical left at this point. If somebody is seeing this any different than that, please reach out and let me know how. But this group in this letter warned that advertising on Twitter would see their company risk association with a platform amplifying hate, extremism, health misinformation, and conspiracy theorists. So, you know, again, what we just talked about, people allowing free speech. The company would risk association if you're advertising, according to this letter, quote, with a platform amplifying hate, extremism, health misinformation, and conspiracy theorists. What they mean by amplifying these things is allowing people to say things they disagree with. There is no such thing as hate speech. It is all speech. What people consider to be hate speech varies greatly. I mean, the fact that it's not even really a thing, it is just speech. It is just words. Some people will consider it to be hate speech if somebody walks up to him and just says, hey, you're I don't like you. That's hate speech. You don't even have to say I hate you. Is somebody is just saying to somebody I hate you. Is that considered hate speech now? Maybe. But this is where censorship starts getting very worrisome. But saying that Twitter will soon be amplifying extremism. Well, they've been amplifying extremism pretty much nonstop for years. 
And right now, it's only the extremism on the political left that is being allowed. But they are definitely amplifying that extremism. They're amplifying it because they're allowing the people on the left to say whatever they want. And you saw a lot of stuff just using Donald Trump for one example. You saw a lot of very hateful stuff, which was definitely some hate speech against Donald Trump that was absolutely allowed. The extremism is allowed on the left. But if a conservative posts something, well, they get kicked off because, you know, that's extremism. No, Twitter, extremism is when you just kick one side of the conversation out because you don't like them and you get to yell extremism. But then the side you agree with gets vicious and ugly and vile. And you go, no, no, that's just free speech. And that's what's been going on on Twitter because it has been taken over by a bunch of leftist loons. And Elon Musk may understand that, may change that. There's a lot that has to happen to get to that point. It hasn't happened yet. But understand, this is what people are upset about, is that he may come in and throw the lefties out and say, hey, you know what? All you crazy lefties, you can keep saying what you want, but I'm going to let all the crazy righties come in and say what they want, too. And y'all can fight it out because that's called having a dialogue. That is called having a debate. And what we have right now is not that. They're worried about health misinformation again. This is beating the dead horse. A lot of what has been considered health misinformation over the last two years, because COVID is a great example of this, a lot of what was called misinformation turned out to have at least some truth to it. In conspiracy theories, well, I mean, come on. The whole internet is filled with conspiracy theories. The authors of this letter concluded with this, quote, under Musk's management, Twitter risks becoming a cesspool of misinformation with your brand attached, polluting our information ecosystem in a time where trust in institutions and news media is already at an all-time low. Your ad dollars can either fund Musk's vanity project or hold him to account. We call on you to demand Musk uphold these basic standards of community trust and safety and to pull your advertising spending from Twitter if they are not, end quote. So again, this is exactly what the left does. They go after the advertisers and they go, ah! danger danger take away the money i mean they say twitter is risking becoming a cesspool of information it already is a cesspool of misinformation all information on the internet is pretty much a cesspool of misinformation when you don't know who is posting it when you cannot verify things this is what all social media is it is a cesspool of misinformation it will always be a cesspool of misinformation. It is no different than walking into a crowd of people and just hearing some random person say some random thing. Do you believe them? If you're out on the street and somebody walks up to you and says, hi, I'm the Queen of England, do you believe them? No, probably not. I mean, if you're halfway intelligent, you don't. But the same thing on Internet on internet, I sound very British here. The same thing on internet, 
if somebody goes onto Twitter or somebody goes onto any of the social media platforms and says, I'm the Queen of England, well, technically, that's misinformation. There's misinformation everywhere. As Dr. Gregory House of the series House always said, everybody lies. And I think it's important for people that use the internet to understand that people lie, to expect people to lie and not believe everything that you see or hear on the internet. And as expected, as I scroll down in the story to see an actual copy of this letter, it's on the Media Matters letterhead. Is that a surprise to anybody? The Media Matters letterhead. This is exactly their playbook. This is exactly what the left does. And it's absolutely hilarious that people still buy into it. It is signed by groups like Black Lives Matter Global. Oh, of course. Why not? It is signed by the Free Press. It is signed by the Gender Equity Policy Institute. It is signed by GLAAD. It is signed by Friends of the Earth. (laughs) That's a great name. Friends of the Earth. And on and on and on. Elon Musk's response, I believe, was appropriate. On Twitter, responded with, sunlight is the best disinfectant. So you have to know what's going on, people. You have to understand what's going on. The left uses every dirty trick in the book to try to silence people rather than, you know, being able to stand up and make their own case. They would rather silence people than stand up and make their own case for one reason. They know their case does not stand up. Speaking of cases that just don't stand up, that segues nicely into the Trevor Bauer story, which is a disgusting story which is a cautionary tale, which is yet another snapshot of so many things that are wrong with the society that is currently inhabiting the earth. For those of you who have not caught wind of this story, consider yourself lucky. But Trevor Bauer is a professional baseball player, a pitcher for the Los Angeles Dodgers, one of the highest paid players in the game and one of the most outspoken critics of Major League Baseball, which maybe explains why Major League Baseball has suspended him for two full seasons, an unprecedented amount of time under their domestic violence and domestic abuse policy, which the story is one right out of the playbook of somebody trying to get a whole lot of money out of a professional athlete. And this was my wife's take on this. But so before you say you're just a guy, so of course this is where you're going, this story comes down that a woman met Trevor Bauer, met him twice at his home for sexual relations of a more rough and violent nature because that is what she requested according to Mr. Bauer and according to evidence that was brought to court. but. None of this matters to Major League Baseball because Major League Baseball thinks they know better. And I talked about this in the past about this policy and asked the question, do you really want your employer to be able to investigate you, your employer to be able to take the reins on cases like this rather than the current law enforcement communities that are 
dealing with such things. In this case, the police did investigate the case of Trevor Bauer and the district attorney and the police after a thorough investigation said, uh, no, there's no evidence to support charges. There was evidence that the woman who brought these allegations against Mr. Bauer was maybe not the most reliable, maybe brought a little bit of uh, misinformation about exactly what happened here. And the way the public, of course, takes everything and runs with it, we all know how things go. The court of public opinion, now that we have things like Twitter and social media, people are immediately judged. And in this case, Trevor Bauer at this point, I think, has a huge case against Major League Baseball. And this isn't even about is Trevor Bauer a good person. I mean, the answer to that is probably not. I mean, at the very least, as he admitted in a YouTube video, he's made some really bad choices and associated with people that he probably shouldn't have. But he is in that such hated group because he is a white guy with millions of dollars and a lot of privilege. So he's an easy guy to hate. And the media coverage of this is just absolutely sickening when you look at the details of what actually happened. And I don't want to go into the gory details of what happened, but I will mention that part of the information, part of the evidence that came to light in this case of the woman who claimed again during two different occasions at his home, she went and they had rough sexual encounters at her behest. This is what she asked for. And because this went into an investigation, because the police were involved, I mean, I don't know what kind of authority MLB has to try to dig even deeper, but part of what came out were text messages between Trevor Bauer and this woman. And part of the conversation went, from Trevor Bauer's side, yes, ma'am, whatever you want, to which she replies, but O-F-F-F-F-F-F, when it's time to choke me out. Thanks, you are the best, smiley face. Trevor Bauer responds back with, you want to go out, huh? She responds with, see, I mean, I only took a couple of years of Spanish, but that means yes. And then she says, that was a game changer. Mr. Bauer then responds with, tell me more. And she does by replying, never been more turned on in my life. Give me all the pain. Rawr. R-A-W-R. To which he responded with, really? When you were going out or when you woke up? And she says, going out. Now that I know what it feel likes to wake up from it, though, it probably felt just as good to wake and then it cuts off there. So, I mean, I think you can take a decent amount of information from having these types of conversations, but it goes even further that conversations with her AA sponsor, I mean, again, this may be a red flag and I know a lot of people deal with addiction, 
but that does also say something about the personality of somebody when speaking to her AA sponsor, she told this person that Bauer was her way to quote, secure the bag. Now, I mean, what does secure the bag mean to you? That kind of sounds like it's a money grab, knew what she was doing, went back for a second occasion, asked for more, asked for Trevor Bauer to be rougher with her. And then what appears to have happened, at least according to Mr. Bauer's side of things, on both nights, she stayed the night, didn't have to, got up in the morning, they joked around, everything was fine, they left on pleasant terms, and the next thing he knows after the second encounter, the investigation was filed, there were pictures of her totally beaten up, which he says he did not do, and you have the evidence showing, one, what she asked for, two, that she was going to use him to get a bunch of money. And all of this shows why the legal system in the United States was set up so that everybody is innocent until being proven guilty. The fact that Major League Baseball has a completely different way to look at this is concerning because what Major League Baseball does is on any accusation, they immediately suspend the player. And the example I brought up when this all started years ago was, well, what's going to happen when you're heading into a very closely contested World Series? You know, say this year, the Yankees, they've got their big players like Aaron Judge, who's going to make a difference in the World Series. Well, what's to stop somebody that is either paid by the other team or just a rabid fan of the other team to go in and say, hey, Aaron Judge did X, Y, Z to me. So, I mean, I guess he can't play in the World Series, right? It shows that Major League Baseball is an utter and complete joke that they do not let the process go through the investigation before taking punitive actions against a player. And in this case, taking punitive action against a player after the legal system in this country said, uh, no, he didn't break any laws. I mean, Major League Baseball, I suppose, can say, well, we're not going by laws. We're going by a set of conduct, which every Major League Baseball player at this point should be very, very concerned about. Because any relationship you have can then lead to your career ending if it ends on a poor note. Why would any woman lie? Well, they do. You'd have to ask them. Why did Jesse Smollett lie? I mean, he still says he doesn't. But I think we all know what happened in Jesse's case. People will lie. In this case, it seems pretty simple. Money, 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 money. Trevor Bauer has a lot of money. This woman was looking for a lot of money. Obviously troubled. Alcoholic at the very least. Very troubled person and is looking for a payday. It's not hard to see why somebody would do this. Now, Trevor Bauer, I guess, is not as fortunate as we talked about in the past. Patrick Kane of the Chicago Blackhawks had a similar incident that happened to him a few years ago. Had claims that he did things to a woman that he said he didn't do. But in his case, home security video showed he was telling the truth. So, I mean, I guess if you're a professional athlete, camera up your house. 
camera up anywhere you are having relations with somebody, have them sign documents saying they're up for whatever's going on. Because what Trevor Bauer is guilty of is just being stupid, is just getting into a relationship like this with somebody he didn't know. I mean, I get it. He's young. He's a guy. He's got a lot of money. He can freely do whoever he wants, pretty much. And he made a really bad choice. But the hate that is coming out on Trevor Bauer, absolutely insane. A Sports Illustrated article written by Stephanie Epstein. Stop paying attention to Trevor Bauer. He is a man accused of horrific acts who continues to show no concern for the people who say he hurt them. Um, okay. Again, Ms. Epstein. Accused of horrific acts. Being accused of something does not mean you did it. And if he didn't, why would he show concern for the people that are lying about him? This is one of the biggest fallacies when things like this happen. You go, well, he's showing no remorse. Well, of course he's not showing any remorse. The other person is intentionally trying to hurt him. The other person is lying about him. So what is that show? Why would he show remorse? But this again, because guilty, guilty. He's white man. He's rich. He's guilty. And this is from a Sports Illustrated writer. So I don't know. This is absolutely insane. And I hope that Trevor Bauer sues the hell out of Major League Baseball. I hope he takes billions of dollars from them. Another woman came out of the woodwork that said they had a relationship where he choked her. But again, it was consensual. And she says it was consensual. But of course, coming out to be like, well, uh, that happened with me too. This is the point. Uh, Major League Baseball, I guess, never considered the fact when you're writing down a domestic violence policy that some people like domestic violence, that some people ask for domestic violence, that some people want to engage in things that most of society probably doesn't. Most people probably haven't choked somebody out while having sex. But, you know, if somebody asks for it and Trevor Bauer says, OK, I guess you're technically going against the domestic violence act of Major League Baseball. But the woman asked for it and the evidence is there that it was asked for. So I don't think they had any consideration into a whole lot of stuff, which, again, is why you don't want Major League Baseball or your employer or whoever besides a court of law to be able to find you to be guilty of something. The Sports Illustrated article says at least two women one in California and one in Ohio, have sought orders of protection against power. At least two women. You mean you know of two? One was already shown by the court, this most recent one, to have provided, quote, materially misleading information to the court. To me, that sounds like the court said they're lying. And the other one coming from years ago that, again, no evidence to prove anything. This is not a rash of people coming out. This is not. 5, 10, 15 people. And even if it is, you still need proof because we know what happens is that people will jump onto these things. And when it's somebody that has a whole lot of money, they're looking to get more and more out, whatever they can get out of it. But you'll see what this is really about. Again, in the Sports Illustrated article by Stephanie Epstein, 
who says, quote, whatever the details of their encounter, these women and the people who love them will try to find a way to move forward. The Dodgers must reckon with the institutional arrogance that caused them to offer Bauer $102 million over three years. Well, what? what? What do you mean the arrogance? The institutional arrogance of offering a top player a lot of money. What does that have to do with this? But this shows that Ms. Epstein just doesn't like wealthy baseball players, probably no wealthy white guy in sports, because it's horrible that they're getting this money. This has nothing to do with the domestic violence. See, the Dodgers must reckon with the institutional arrogance that caused them to offer Bauer the money in the first place before this stuff was brought to light. This is absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. She goes on in the article and says, and he, meaning Bauer, can't seem to stop inserting himself in other news stories. In November, after Kyle Rittenhouse, who in August 2020, shot two people dead in Kenosha, Wisconsin, was acquitted of all charges, Bauer tweeted, quote, I guess it's important to know all the facts before jumping to conclusions, huh? Apparently not everything written in the media is true. <laughs> you have a problem with that, Ms. Epstein? Isn't that absolutely the truth? Isn't that absolutely the case? That it's important to know the facts before jumping to conclusions? Do you not agree with that, Miss Epstein? I do not believe you do. I do not believe the people on the left do. I do not believe the people that are going after Elon Musk for daring to buy Twitter do believe that it's important to know all of the facts before jumping to conclusion. The facts mean nothing to the radical leftist loons. All that matters is the end result. None of the facts matter. None of what actually happens in the world matters. Only the end result matters to these loons. And this is why it's dangerous to put them into power. It is very dangerous. When innocent until proven guilty is no longer a thing, we all have a problem. I don't know Trevor Bauer. I don't know if he's a good guy. I don't know if he's a bad guy. I do know that he has criticized Major League Baseball a lot over the years. And it's hard to believe that that is not having some kind of an impact here because the case that was brought against him seems to have been quite significantly shown to be not true. He has a lot of text messages. You can find them if you want to do more research on this case. You can find a lot of text messages between him and the two women that we have mentioned in this story, and it doesn't appear that the story that they were telling publicly goes along with the private conversations they were having with him, which, again, is a, something you have to consider before you're going out and charging somebody with something now. Text messages are good to have around. It is good to have that kind of proof around. If you're a public figure, when people can come out at any time and say you did anything for any reason, usually to try to get a big settlement and get a whole lot of money. To me, it just shows that Major League Baseball, once again, is an absolute joke getting out of their lane and trying to get into something that they have absolutely no business being involved in. Let the courts decide. Let the local law enforcement decide 
if a crime has been committed, then by all means, feel free to give suspensions down to your players. But when Major League Baseball is becoming the morality police, I guess, for lack of a better word, they're going to have a lot of problems. Everybody should be considered innocent until proven guilty, and we should not rush to judgment based on somebody's gender, based upon their amount of wealth, based upon the color of their skin. These are things that the United States of America needs to get back to. But I don't think we're going down that particular path at this point. There was another story which talked about the fact that the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, that we heard so much about during COVID, of course, spent $420,000 during COVID to purchase location data from a company called SafeGraph in order to track American citizens during the lockdown to see if they were staying home, not going to church, not going to places that they shouldn't have been. This information was obtained from the website Motherboard via a Freedom of Information Act request. And this is something that we've also warned you about in the past, that your cell phones are treasure troves of information. Quite often, the apps that you install are collecting your location data, and a lot of times they are then going to sell that to somebody else. And the government can request that because the government itself, the CDC, is not tracking you. Facebook or whoever is tracking you and then legally selling that information to data miners, to advertisers, to people that want such demographic information. And in this case, it's completely 100% legal. So be very wary of the apps that you put on your phone. Delete ones you're not using. Do not allow them location access and on down the line. Oh, and the latest out of Georgia, it's racist to require absentee ballot folks to sign the ballot in ink before sending it in. The world is absolutely insane. And that's why I thank you wholeheartedly for listening to the Random Thoughts podcast. I know there are a lot of things you can be doing with your time, a lot of shows you can be listening to, and I hope that we continue to bring you stories that you haven't heard or takes on stories that may be a little different than you're hearing elsewhere, information you don't have to try to help you get through the insanity just a little bit easier. This show does work on the value for value model, which means the shows are out there. You can listen to them for free. And you can decide if you've gotten any value out of the show whatsoever, you can put a number on that value. Was it worth $5? Was it worth $10? Was it worth $1,000? It's up to you. Whatever value that you feel you've received from the show, go to our website, randomthoughts, R-E-N-D-U-M-B, thoughts.com slash donate. And you can click the donate button to do a one-time or monthly donation. You can use the QR codes and the wallet addresses if you want to do a crypto donation. You can use the P.O. Box address if you want to go the snail mail route. And if you are listening on a podcasting 2.0 compliant app, you can boost right now and stream some Satoshi's our way, no matter what. It is all very much appreciated. And we do have a few people to thank for supporting today's show. First and foremost, Dodge Gaskill, which is one hell of a name. Sounds like something that should be in an old time Western. 
with a big black Stetson and a big old 45 revolver on the hip. I mean, that's just the mental image I'm getting. Dodge, let me know if I'm anywhere near close, but Dodge comes in with 33.33. Very much appreciated. Coming in with his monthly $6.66, all the way from the lovely United Kingdom, Stu Coates, 666. It's not a satanic donation at all. And Brian Jenak and Dennis Woods, both with $5 over on our Patreon page, because it is the first show of May. And we have a Patreon account for those that are in that ecosystem. If you want to check it out, just do a search for the name of the show. We don't post any content there. It's just another way if you want to get some value back to us that you can do so. But I appreciate everybody for supporting the show, keeping the lights on, the microphones humming, everything sounding good. It is very much appreciated. I hope you have a good week and then come back and join me again next week on Wednesday for another edition of the Random Thoughts Podcast. But until then, I am Darren O'Neill. Thanks for listening. 